The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, coming to you live from various locations. It is an historic morning as the Fed injects $2.3 trillion in loans into the American economy. Powell has a live webcast in about an hour. We've got the OPEC Plus meeting to watch. Jobless claims above $6 million for a second consecutive week. But, Jim, your point a moment ago was that uh, the Fed's helping to take a credit crunch off the table. And all we need at this point in the near term is a break on the science. The Fed is not going to be the reason why we, we go into a depression. They want to stop that. They want to make it a recession. Sometimes, I mean, look, I was critical uh, just a couple of years ago when Powell was talking about tightening when the economy was actually getting weaker. He's so far ahead of the curve that it will be studied. We will be studying this period and we will say, unlike 1937, when the Fed got tight and they threw us back into depression, we will say that Jerome Powell, after being a little unsure about how to handle things, decided to go out front and said, we will make it so that if you want to make loans, We'll even let you make mistakes. We'll keep you in business no matter what. Hospitals, states, we will give you the money. Small, medium-sized businesses. If you do and get another $250 billion because they, they ran out of money for this great program, we're there for you. So I, I pal is, pal's the man. And as you said, Jim, we're going to talk to the Treasury Secretary in a couple of moments. How do you think this is all matching up with the science. Uh, Fauci this morning saying fatalities could look more like 60K instead of 100 to 200K. Antibody tests could be, quote, days to weeks away in terms of having a large number available. I had someone who took the antibody test yesterday and 15 minutes and boom. I mean, it really did matter. I, I think that if, as long, if it gets widespread, we're not going to return to the way we were. I mean, we're going to have to wear masks. Uh, we have to do as much social distancing. Well, if you can go in and wave your uh, Apple Watch and it shows that you got the right temperature and you don't have to wait in line because you're using contactless uh, wi wireless to be able to buy things, I think we're going to say to ourselves, you know what, we, we really dodged machine gun bullets. Doesn't mean we didn't dodge bullets, but machine gun bullets. And if you feel as negative as you did yesterday, you have to be careful because I think we're trying to reopen business. I think we're shooting for May. Uh, some people will think it's too it's too soon. But if Dr. Fauci blesses that we are going to see a May opening in this economy. And that is what we need. Uh, I think the stock market yesterday reflected some good news. But a May opening would be uh, would be a wondrous thing. And it would make it so the small businesses have to get, get forbearance so that they can reopen. It would be terrific. And it's the first good news that I've seen. I mean, high, let's say first news, confluence of news that make me say, you know what? There's light. There's light here. Uh, I, look, I, no one wants to get the illness, but obviously there's a chance that you're going to dodge it and you're going to stay in business. And uh, David, I've got to tell you, I feel better. I feel better today. Yeah, well, listen, this, I mean, as you point out, of course, and as in the previous hour, Steve and everybody else was pointing out, this is something we've never seen in terms of what the Fed is doing this morning, uh, w along with, of course, something else we've never seen, another, well, actually, we saw it last week, 6.6 .6 million unemployment claims, roughly uh, the same as we got a week ago. We're up, what, at 16 million over the last uh, two weeks, three weeks, uh, two weeks, Um but guys, yeah, I mean, just looking through all the different markets that they are going after. Jim, I know we're going to be speaking to the Treasury Secretary in about 10 minutes or so. Clearly want to get clarity from him as to whether this is addressing that need that I addressed to him yesterday. And he surprisingly in some way offered a lot of uh, answer to, which was what about these companies that uh, are not investment grade? that have a lot of employees, more than 500. Now, in this case, the Fed is saying two and a half billion in revenues and below, 10,000 employees and below is where we're focused. They're taking eight to one leverage. 
Uh, 75 billion is coming from the Treasury. They're levering that up uh, as well. Obviously, moving into the municipals market as well to provide uh, 500 billion of, uh, you know, purchasing five, up to 500 billion in short-term notes to re- uh, provide liquidity for states and cities that have been so hard hit here. Uh, or I, well, actually, it just says right. states. Um, and then moving into the high yield market, guys, too, uh, which I think is important. You know, they say the preponderance of ETF holdings will be of ETFs whose primary investment objective is exposure to U.S. investment-grade corporates. But the remainder will be in ETFs whose primary investment objective is exposure to high-yield corporate bonds. Jim, Carl, the Fed is basically buying anything and everything at yes. this point, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, we've got uh, Nordstrom did a deal yesterday. Uh, and it was, it was some expensive money, candidly. And I say to myself, you know what? Hey, Treasury uh, and Fed, I guess you're ready to buy some Nordstrom. I mean, it really is. There's just there's there ain't no stopping them now. They just want to be there. They don't want to be the reason why things go badly. I think that this is all preparation, David, for a May opening of the U.S. economy. And it also makes it very clear, I think, that the 250 billion more that the small, medium sized business, it's going to be there. I totally agree with you about that one area that is uh, you know, on the cusp. But, David, I feel I'm much better about that if they, if they leverage up their balance sheet. So uh, are the oil companies going to go under? Not if the Saudis, Saudis are in there buying big stakes in oil companies and then cutting back. It is difficult for me to feel uh, not, uh, you know, it's hard not to feel better even as we know that social distancing is going to make it so you have a Costco situation where the first half of their month was terrific and the second half of the month was bad. Uh, Or Starbucks today where they cut numbers. But GE, these companies, David, I am worried about, but maybe they can, everybody, look, the Fed's open for business. Jeez, this is so, David, this is like in the Great Depression, FDR wanted this and they didn't get it. And that's why yeah. all the banks no, closed. The this is like a bank holiday. Fed We're is open give for everything. business. Fed, yeah, but yeah. the next time that a theme park is open for business is still much unclear and exactly how that's going to work, for example, or the next time that an arena is open for business right. or a restaurant is open for business. I mean, we do talk a lot about that for obvious reasons. It's still very much unclear when you say we're reopening the economy, what behavior is really going to look like and how those kinds of businesses are going to respond effectively to try to get reopened. It's certainly not going to happen like flicking a switch, no, uh, no. one would think, Jim. But, but uh, Carl, let me ask you, do you think that there's a moment where we bifurcate the country and we say, look, these states have it under control and we're going to open those? Or are we going to bifurcate the American people and say these people are at risk and they shouldn't go? But these people who have already tested positive or already had the disease, we're actually counting on you to go out. Could it be one of those situations? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Bill Gates and Becky's amazing interview uh, this morning on Squawk Box seemed to suggest that serology tests are really more academic uh, than useful in his view. I mean, his his mission is to get a vaccine uh, built at scale, 7 billion doses, which he still sees as being 18 months away. I saw some data data this morning. Uh, Jim, H&M in China, 89% of the stores are back open. 89% 89% are back open and 70 uh, sales are down 79% year on right. year. So you're going to have, as you said, this situation where the doors are open, but whether it's because foot traffic is limited or consumer behavior has changed, as this B of A call on Starbucks suggests today, uh, you're just not going to see the crowds. No, you're right. And we have to see where Shanghai Disney. Yeah. I mean, we have Disney Plus and the numbers are just extraordinary. Thank you, Wells Fargo, for downgrading it the, the day before. Unbelievable number. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, we're worried about the customers and the customers have to feel more confident. And that's why I look, I, I, I listened to that amazing interview. But I come back and say J&J. I say J&J. I think they have something. I think they're going to be sooner than 18 months. And uh, I think the Abbott test is working well. So I don't think the scientists are going to let us down. And this is all a great backstop before a great company like a J&J comes up with something. So, look, I, it, I, this disease turned out to be much harder than everybody thought. And, and this, they still don't even know how to do win the ICU. Now they're turning people over on their stomach. They say that's a little bit better. We know that the death toll is just uh, is just insanely bad. But we also know that we have companies like J&J that you have to bank with here. Uh, this is different from Jonas Salk, University Jim. of Pittsburgh uh, yeah. doctor who came up with the polio vaccine. These are big companies, and they're really on the case. 
and Pfizer, the Wall Street Journal today actually spent a lot of time talking about Pfizer's various efforts as well in terms of uh, something to treat the disease in a significant way that they hope to at least get moving by the summer. Um, and a vaccine so and all the efforts, all the efforts yeah. that Pfizer is making as well. Guys, real quickly, because we're moving so fast, the, the municipal uh, liquidity facility, it does include municipalities, counties, cities as well. For a minute there, I'd said, uh, I'd said otherwise. One other thought, though, Carl, you know, when it comes to the PPP program, um, the banks have been asking for a lot more disclosure, perhaps than even the SBA wants. Uh, or needs, but the banks somehow seem to want to protect themselves. That's what I've been hearing. And let's not forget that this new Main Street lending program is also going to be using uh, banks as well, which will obtain a 5% share of whatever they're, of the, uh, whatever they're loaning. And then the remaining 95% will go, to the, will go to the Fed's facility. But, you know, the banks here are an important component of this, and you want them to move as quickly as possible I would say in hearing from a number of people who have applied for under the PPP program that they're surprised at just how much disclosure they have to give. It's not just two pages. Worrisome. You know, you got to make this swift. You got to err on the side of people. Actually, uh, you got to depend on you got to depend on some honesty here. And I know that's difficult because there's so many scams out there. I was surprised the grant isn't been out there as much. The community banks, they're so overwhelmed. Look, I mean, everybody's overwhelmed. Whoever saw this onslaught of loans in the, in the history of time? So I know we have to give people, we just have, I wish everyone would just show for some forbearance, but the electric company doesn't want, the insurance company doesn't want to show forbearance. There's just a lot of people in the chain who got to wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to do what's right for America. I'm going to forbear because that 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 client <laughs> is going to have the money. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, uh, very much in tune with the Benioff pledge, which we'll listen yes. to some of your sound from Mad Money last night, Jim. We'll take a quick break. Uh, the Treasury Secretary on the other side as stocks continue to enjoy their best week in 11 years and junk bond yields at a three week low. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Squawk in the Street. Let's uh, squeeze in a mad dash here before we get to the Treasury Secretary on the side of a, on the other side of a quick break. Eli Lilly, I believe, is what you're focused on, Jim. You know what, David? There are some stocks that have just outperformed here like mad. For instance, Dollar General. In the drug stock group, it's Eli Lilly. The thing is levitated. Why? Very interesting. Because a lot of their drugs are necessary and not elective. The elective drug stocks, they've been gotten hurt. And this is a downgrade by Morgan Stanley because it's just gotten too high. Well, there's something to watch, right? Some stocks have moved too much during this period after a 50% retracement. And I just want to be, I want everyone to be aware that not everything is a bargain at this point. That's a good point, Jim. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about stocks. But first, of course, we're going to talk with the Treasury Secretary, get his take on this latest Fed move, extraordinary Fed move this morning. A lot more squawk on the street coming right after this. If you're just joining us this morning, it's been a remarkable day of Fed liquidity. $2.3 trillion in loans being injected into the American economy, whether it's Main Street lending program, uh, municipal support, corporate credit. Uh, Jim, we're going to hear from Chair Powell at 10 a.m. when he does this uh, live webcast via Brookings. And there will be Q&A. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to hear him expand on the specifics of what they announced today and maybe even add some color to the minutes that we got yesterday where there was a sense of urgency, no doubt. Yeah, but what's great about this is there had been a feeling, is there going to be uh, a f- some sort of haggling over the next $250 billion that is needed in the in payroll protection program? I, I now don't feel that. I'm not worried about it. I, I say that the money's going to be there. Uh, the holdup is just the giant backlog between a, an organization like the SBA, which is a very good organization. Remember, they're analog. they got to go digital. Uh, the huge number of loans uh, requests that have gone to the big banks, the community uh, banks, they're doing better. They don't have as many customers. But I no longer, I feel like now the issue is forbearance. We have to let everybody know the president should come out, hopefully the Treasury secretary, and just say, listen, banks, everybody's in the chain. Forbear. Listen to what the Fed just said. The money's going to be there because we can't have as many stores being boarded up as a lot of us have been seeing. So I, I think this is a clarion call to say we're going back to work, America. So don't get off the train. It's coming. And I like that. I think it's very important. Um. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, when you look at what the Fed is willing to buy here again, it's just it's just remarkable, guys. Yeah. Uh, and I made the point about high yield bonds because, I mean, have they ever actually done that? But we are talking. No, um, no. I mean, we're talking about uh, them um, buying corporate bonds, indivi- eligible individual corporate bonds, a facility that they're putting together may purchase bonds that at the time of purchase were issued by an eligible issuer, remaining maturity of five years or less. Uh, eligible ETFs, this facility, again, that they're talking about, the secondary market corporate credit facility led by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, um, will lend on a recourse basis to a special purpose vehicle that will purchase in the secondary market corporate bonds. And it's not just investment grade. It's going to be high yield bonds as well. It really is unbelievable. Believable, Jim. At the same time, you know, there's still parts of this economy, and I will ask the Treasury Secretary, that may not be fully addressed yet. Not investment grade, more than 10,000 employees certainly comes to mind. Yeah, look, we have to ask about the airlines. Uh, Philip Bowes reminded me, don't forget about Boeing. You know, you've got a major part of the economy there that is, that is essential to, uh, to the comeback. But uh, no doubt about it, I think that if I were the president on the press conference today, I would say, listen, we're open. We're open. It's time to go. It's time to do business. So let's so let's bring in Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. Now, Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for coming back on Squawk on the Street. Thank you. Well, we had some exciting news this morning, so I wanted to be back with you. Absolutely. Now, do you think with this, there's a possibility if the if the doctors let us that we could be open for business in the month of May? I, I do, Jim. I think as, as soon as the president feels comfortable with the medical issues, we are making everything necessary that American companies and American workers can be open for business and that they have the liquidity that they need to operate their business in the interim. Can a small business person right now, 10 person, say, 3 person, can they go to somebody and say, listen, we applied and it, look, there's a little bit of backlog, which please give us a week. Is there a way to just have a kind of like a give us a week thing going? Because the small, medium sized business based in this country, we know the money's there for them. We know that there's no issues except for the fact that it's just an overwhelming number of loans. Well, Jim, you're, you're correct. And, I, you know, I want to thank the SBA and the Treasury and, and the banks that participated. It was remarkable. We got this up last Friday. Um, some of the big banks have done a wonderful job. Some have been a little bit slower. The community banks have done an extraordinary job. And I, I want to encourage all small business that if they don't get a loan today, there'll be money. And that's why we went to Congress. We asked Congress for another $250 billion to make sure every single small business has money. But I would say the big news for today is we've been working around the clock with the Federal Reserve. And uh, these announcements, specifically now a new facility, the Main Street lending facility and the Muni facility and upsizing the corporate bond facility will create up to $2.3 trillion of liquidity. Uh, the area that I'm, I'm now concerned about, because I think you've got the small, medium-sized business down, and I know you'll protect them and the community banks. Uh, but- the spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. 
Boeing. 1,700 companies report to Boeing. A lot of them are small, medium-sized businesses in whole states, states like Kansas. And, and we haven't heard a thing about what they're going to do, loans, loan guarantees, what you're going to do, the $17 billion in capital, and also all the airlines, if they're flying at 90%. That's the whole to me in the economy. As you protect small and medium-sized, don't we have to protect the industries that report into Boeing and the airlines? Well, Jim, as you know, we've been working around the clock, uh, SBA program, Fed facilities, airlines. Um, we'll update the president this afternoon on, on where we are on our airline analysis. Uh, we hope to, to get to uh, a lot of the airlines starting tomorrow and over the weekend with preliminary information. And it is our objective to make sure that I've said this is not a bailout, but that uh, airlines have the liquidity to keep their workers in place. So that's uh, that's the next big thing we'll be rolling out. Uh, Mr. Secretary, I have uh, Madam Speaker on tonight, uh, Madam Speaker Pelosi, who is asking for uh, even more money uh, than what you're willing to, what you guys were, where you were. But the Fed is willing to give even more money than she wants. Can we take any sort of squabbling off the table, given the fact that that uh, Chairman Powell basically said, hey, listen, uh, Madam Speaker, you're you're thinking too small. Well, Jim, let me, let me just differentiate, because the Fed facilities are lending facilities. So those are facilities where we are providing loans. Uh, again, in the case of the, the SBA facility, it's, it's lending against the PPP loans, so making sure that the banks have the liquidity. But those loans will be paid off as part of the fiscal program that we did in the $2 trillion deal. Uh, what we are asking the Senate and the House for is another $250 billion. That's for the, the, the loans that will turn into grants. So, uh, again, I just want to be clear. The Fed programs are loans. The congressional programs give us the ability to actually put money into the economy and make grants, whether it's hospitals, whether it's reimbursing states for COVID expenses. And uh, we need more money for small business. And the president has been very clear. He's happy to talk about other issues, such as hospitals and states, in the next bill. But we wanted we wanted to go and get money for the small business program, which again, enormous bipartisan support. It's the same program we approved, just making sure that all small businesses have enough money. Uh, Mr. Secretary, it's David Faber. Yesterday, I had asked you about how you were going to deal with those non-investment grade companies with more than 500 employees, and you'd indicated something was coming soon. I would assume that's what we're seeing this morning from the Fed. But there are still companies that are more than 10,000 employees that have more than two and a half billion in revenues, but are not investment grade. Do they benefit from this new move by the Fed as well, or is there still more to come? Well, as, as, as I alluded to yesterday, we've been working around the clock with the Fed on the Main Street program, and uh, you'll see there's two components to it. There's the ability for us to make, with the Fed, new loans. Um, there's also the ability for banks to do expanded loans, so adding on to existing loans. So these facilities, uh, you know, will be flexible in meeting the, the needs of mid-market companies. And uh, to the extent that there's companies that are greater than 10,000 and don't fit into the corporate facility, we'll have discussions with the Fed and take that into consideration. But I really want to thank the Fed. They've done an extraordinary job in rolling out all these new facilities and for all different types of asset classes, from Main Street to municipalities, states and, and cities, now know that they will have liquidity. Um, this is an unprecedented move. It is, uh, as we pointed out, even moving into the high-yield bond market, which uh, in, in terms of uh, some of the ETFs there, truly amazing. You are still relying on the banks here, though, uh, Mr. Secretary. And, you know, the PPP program, you pointed out some banks doing well, others maybe not as well. I'm hearing the banks are demanding more disclosure, perhaps, than SBA is asking for because they're banks and they just tend to do that. Are you concerned at all when it comes to this mainstream lending facility? You're using the banks there. Time is of the essence that the banks are just going to ask for too much information as well? Uh, I really don't. And again, I think we've created simplified streamline. And again, let me just remind everybody, we're in day five of the SBA program. This is day five of a brand new program, okay, where, you know, again, community banks, mid-sized banks, 
I, I heard a story from someone in L.A. that their cleaners got money. They were a small business. They got money immediately. They were thanking us. Uh, there are a lot of small businesses out there that this has been a lifesaver. And, you know, the banks have been overwhelmed. So the issue is they'll get to all these customers, and we want to make sure the customers know, whether they're charities, whether they're small businesses, if they didn't have accounts, the banks will get to all of them. Mr. Secretary, it's Carl. Obviously, the news today is a lot to absorb. Um, however, we did have Chair Yellen on our air earlier in the week who said that in the long term, it, quote, wouldn't be a bad thing for Congress to consider allowing the Fed to expand its asset portfolio even further, maybe even stocks. Is, are there any discussions in trying to make that happen? There's no discussions about that at the moment. Uh, Chair Powell and I are committed to make sure we use whatever authorities they have and whatever authorities we have. Uh, we've gone to Congress, as, as we said, for a very significant amount of money. We have over $450 billion that we can use to support these Fed programs. Uh, as you've said, the Fed has now rolled this out to new asset classes. So Chair Powell and I are doing everything together to use their authorities and our authorities, and we have great confidence that this will create enormous liquidity in the market for small businesses, medium-sized businesses, big businesses. This is all about keeping Americans working. Well, Mr. Secretary, let's talk about that, because I think that there is, without a doubt, a level of uh, cooperation between business and government that I've never seen. And I think that the businesses want very much. They're taking these pledges. Mark Benioff last night, 90-day pledge, no layoffs. How about we get together, we get these, these business people who have led us through this period. We get them together. They huddle, and they figure out how to open our country for business because if we do that, we are going to save this year. And you know, Mr. Secretary, if we're closed for two months, who knows what that's going to mean for our country? Well, Jim, uh, the president is, is made clear we're getting the best advice out there from small business, big business, everyone on how to reopen this economy. And I would just reemphasize, you know, from what I hear, the, the medical professionals, you know, there's new ideas every day. There's new treatments that are coming up. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know that at some point, we will have a vaccine. I don't know when it'll be, but I have great confidence in the medical professionals and the technology in the United States. Uh, one last question. I think the community banks, they're on overdrive, and they're fabulous, really helping the 10, 15, 30. How's this Wells Fargo? I know the president had great skepticism about what they were up to, wasn't happy with how they ran the bank. All new team. They're back. They're not even going to take the profit here. Is Wells going to help us? Jim, I, I want to be careful talking about any one bank in particular, given my role. But uh, I, I would say we're following the situation with Wells. And, uh, again, we know the new management team. I've, I've known them before. And uh, we're pleased that they've expanded now their, their PPP program. All right. Terrific. We're going to let you go, Mr. Secretary. Uh, Thank Secretary, you, both. Yes, I'm sorry. Secretary, Secretary Stephen Mnuchin, every time you want to come on, Mr. Secretary, you're welcome. This is a good day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Bye. Carl? Well, Jim, uh, I guess the question would be uh, gold here, uh, 2%, and the, the rally we've had so far this week. How much of this has been uh, sniffed out? How much has been priced in? given uh, the, the early response in equities? I, I think that yesterday uh, we started seeing some stocks bounce back uh, where we thought they were going to go bankrupt. And I think that what, the, what Powell's trying to do is make it so you don't, don't think of the B word. Don't think of bankruptcy. You can think of a slowdown. He's trying to do the U. The hedge funds were looking for the L. David, the, I, I've got to tell you, the book and flights out of pandemic, the pandemic islands. David, this is too much liquidity to think that there aren't stocks that are worth owning. That's probably probably the case. Uh, again, to your point, it, it takes off the table, perhaps bankruptcy, but it doesn't take off the table uh, significant declines in earnings, which we are already seeing, which we are going to continue to see uh, for some time to come. And, you know, uh, the secretary talking about this idea of reopening, you're talking about it, but we don't know what that's going to look like, um, given we've never seen anything like this to begin with. 
Jim, you know, I wonder how the market reacts when earnings start coming in and when we get, well, there's not going to be any guidance. How can a company even give guidance in this environment? Maybe this is and the end of guidance. the investing community, yeah, are they just going to be willing to just shrug it all off and say, all right, you know what, we'll get back to you in September or uh, in the first quarter of 2021 and we'll kind yeah. of leave it right there because oh. we know that you won't necessarily go out of business because the Fed's doing everything it can and the Treasury's doing everything it can. All right, so Starbucks withdraws guidance, says the numbers are going to be really crummy, uh, says, hey, listen, don't worry, we'll still do a buyback. It's only down 49 cents. Costco, because they actually don't make it so that you feel safe for there by social distancing, okay, that stock got hit. People are looking for a big number. But, David, there's a company that, re- that said things that, frankly, made me feel like Steve Tusa. I'm going to buy a, I'll I'll buy, I don't know, I'll buy a Mezcal if there was one uh, restaurant or bar you could open. Because here's GE uh, reporting horrendous numbers, horrendous numbers. I mean, kind of mind-boggling. But the stock's up. It's up 16 cents. Why isn't it at six? What the hell? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the question. So. Um. What the hell's that doing? Uh, Remember, because the six dollar price target, uh, we get it. I bet you. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Hey, maybe the man, maybe the man. Well, he's been a little more positive lately, Tusa. But you know, this yeah, is Tusa's been more positive. This, this is a terrible number. I mean, like, I think Tusa might say, "Look, I told you not to be in this stock." But, uh, but you know what? The stock's not down. I just wish he had that that the Treasury Secretary gave us more clarity on Boeing and the airlines. But Boeing's been a red hot stock ever since Goldman upgraded it. So I don't know. I mean, it's tough yeah. to fight. It's tough to yeah. fight the liquidity here. No, there wasn't clarity on the airlines, and there was a, a la- and he just sort of indicated, you know, those businesses that are more than ten thousand but not investment grade that they'll get to it or they'll figure something out at the Fed. But obviously, no clarity there either. But uh, did you Carl. see the high yield index, David? The high yield index is up four dollars and fifty cents. I mean, they, he did everything. Right. The-, the Fed did everything but say, "Listen, we're going to buy some penny stocks here." Yeah, Wobistics. they're buying they're high yield. Away from I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, not it's buying stocks yet, I guess. It's amazing. Amazing. HYG. Well, he did say uh, we might get uh, we might get more information on airlines later on today, and of course, we still have Powell at the top of the hour. For more on uh, that today, we'll turn to Steve Leesman. Morning, Steve. Good morning, Carl. I just want to say my favorite part of the day was Jim Cramer immediately understanding the importance of this program or these programs the Fed announced and how key they were to the outlook. Uh, the idea that there is going to be a Main Street lending program, that the Fed is coming in, buying municipal bonds. The Dave, I just want to make sure you saw uh, there's one little detail here. They're going to get involved in, this, in, the, in the CLO market, which I know is your favorite, uh, David Faber, uh, that they're going to be involved well, in that. They're going to yeah. be involved in high yield. It's, it's Steve, and, it's and yeah, the, right. We the, pointed out high yield a number of times, but I'm glad you pointed out CLOs as well. Again, another very important part of the market in terms of liquidity for corporations and for, you know, I mean, they're in everywhere now, Steve, right? They're basically, except for stocks, there seem to be in virtually every single asset class, including the lending, by the way, to municipalities, too. Well, we should explain how, you know, this is a big way that corporate America finances itself is that you have the banks. You can get a loan from the bank. You can go create these these CLOs. They're out there, too. But, David, I thought we might do a bit of service journalism here and talk in more detail about this Main Street lending program. You're going to be able to get four-year loans. It's open to companies with 10,000 or fewer workers, revenue of less than $2.5 billion. Principal and interest is deferred for a year. You have to make certain commitments. There's details that I've been reading through the term sheet here about uh, stock buybacks and compensation. Those are going to apply. Uh, Banks keep a 5% share. Uh, You sell the remaining part of the loan back to the Fed, uh, and you're still open because there's been some questions about this. Uh, You're still open to borrowers who have taken PPP loans, so you can get both of those right there. Uh, I think that's going to be critical. I will say two things. They're not ready to launch it yet. The guidance I'm getting from the Fed is that, you know, they're hopefully in the next week or so, they'll be able to actually launch it or the next couple of weeks, get these things actually going. The other thing I think is important, maybe Jim wants to write this down, is when you total up what the Treasury has used of what's available to it from the CARES Act, it's 195 of 450. What does that tell you? It tells you there's still something like, $250 billion 
potentially times 10 or make that another two and a half trillion yeah. that could be coming in additional right. lending from the Fed, which is a, a long way of saying they ain't done yet. No. And, and you know something, Steve, that, thank you for those kind comments about realizing this thing's blow up. But we we started with this prime, the primary market corporate credit facility is kind of lost in the shuffle. But uh, this is something that I would think that Boeing could go for. I mean, you know, Boeing doesn't necessarily need the government to take a stake in it. They could use that facility. There would be a time, Steve, when we would just be talking about that facility. There's so many facilities, that, but that's a great one for a company that is uh, 50,000 yeah. people or more. Yeah. If I could just say one second, the, the issue was not would the Fed do these things. I mean, they got the money. We didn't understand how they would do them. There's this big restriction on the Fed losing money. It has literally taken the Star Trek you know, moniker, boldly going where no central bank has gone before. And we're sitting here at this moment of incredible history where the uh, uh, objective, the goals, the mission of a central bank has been changed dramatically in the face of this pandemic in ways that were never imagined several hundred years ago when central banks were first envisioned, certainly not in 1913 when the Federal Reserve Act was passed or in later amendments, or even, I think it's important to say, in 2008 when there was all this reluctance, the Fed is going to try, I'm not saying it's going to succeed, to provide that critical bridge loan, Jim, right. that will get us from here to there. They're going to finance the economy and hopefully they can get that done. I think there's still a lot of questions. On uh, April 14th, J.P. Morgan reports. Until this, I said, okay, the number's going to be horrible, and the stock's going to get clocked. Maybe I should worry about the dividend. Now I say, you know what? I mean, geez, kind of interesting opportunity at 10 times earnings. I mean, Wells Fargo, I said, oh, boy, what's Charlie Scharf going to do with that dividend? Can it really be maintained? You had a 7%, now 6.5%. Now I'm thinking, I don't know, Wells Fargo at seven times earnings? Isn't that interesting with the Fed making sure that, that Wells Fargo is not going to get in trouble? So I think, Steve, one of the things that's happened is, is that we were so worried about bank earnings next week. I now say, well, wait a second. That may have been a one-time-only bad number. Don't worry about it. The Fed is there. Seven times earnings. You might want to buy Wells Fargo. Holy cow. I know they're not buying Jim, the stock, I'll, but they're I'll doing leave, everything. I'll leave that to you, but there is one characteristic of this financial crisis, which is accompanied the coronavirus crisis that maybe is not as well remarked. The banks seem to be in good shape. There's a theoretical debate about whether the bank should get rid of the dividend, but I don't think there's a financial debate that they can pay them right now. Mm -hmm. At least for this time period, whatever has been done, the banks, if Dodd-Frank did one thing right, it seems to have put the banks in a decent position to weather this crisis. I'm not sure how well that's remarked. All the other stuff about the earnings of the banks and stuff, I leave that to you. But the capital ratios and the stuff I'm hearing from regulators is that the banks are able to, at least to this point, weather what they have uh, been, been hit with from, from yeah. this coronavirus effect. Steve, we've, we've talked about that a number of times, actually many times over the last few weeks. In particular, their ability to withstand everybody pulling down their revolvers and being in a much better position. Uh, than the financial crisis, of course. Remember, the banks are the ones who led us in last time uh, into the recession of uh, 2008. Um, right. Steve, I just wanted to come back to you to get some historic perspective here. I know we've never seen anything quite like this. I mean, but the, the Fed is buying corporate bonds. They're levering their purchases of investment-grade bonds at 10 to 1. They're levering their purchases of high-yield bonds at 7 to 1. They won't buy more than 10% of any issuer. Um, but I mean, we've never seen anything like this even close, uh, have we? Not to mention 16.7 million people filing for unemployment in the last three weeks. Right. Let, let me put that in, in some context. Uh, is, you guys will all remember 2008 when Bernanke announced he was buying mortgage-backed securities. All the kind of Fed purists threw their hands up in the air and said, wait a second, you're doing the thing that central banks are not supposed to do, which is credit allocation. The idea was the Fed only buys treasuries. It doesn't go into picking winners and losers in the economy. There was so much consternation about buying mortgage-backed securities. So the Fed announced it was buying mortgage-backed securities, I don't know, three weeks ago, an additional $200 billion. That's now old hat. The new thing, the new, new thing is that the Fed is going in and going and buying all sorts of different assets. These are extraordinary circumstances. I think this is not a regular recession or anything like that. 
But the key has always been, David, as you guys have pointed out, is who's going to give you that bridge loan? Who's going to get you from here to there? And I think the Fed is coming in and saying, we have figured out different mm -hmm. specific constructs here where we can come in. I think, David, by the way, and it was only my quick reading of it, you've made a great point. I think they're going to be able to finance these letters of credit that are out there. In other words, all the banks drawing down their lines of credit. It looked to me when I quickly read something, that's just something else that the banks can put to the Fed as well. Okay. Yeah. Revolvers. I, I don't know, but uh, there's so much coming at us, Steve, and we know that you're going to be very focused on it all. Uh, and, you know, a lot more in the fine print to come. But thank you uh, for everything so far. Pleasure. Steve Leisman. All right, guys. I'm just trying to sit here trying to figure just out what date they can open for business. I'm just you know, thinking about yeah. that Pfizer, what you said, David, with Pfizer. Pfizer is a very conservative company. They wouldn't put that out about perhaps a, a break here. A lot of the doctors, I read a lot of these papers, they're way over my head, but the doctors continue to say, look, this thing is much more intractable. There was a terrible article today, meaning you know, sad article, about how ICU means that there could be things that are really wrong with you. But then I come back and I say, if Dr. Fauci takes one week ago, he said there could be 100,000 to 200,000. He takes that number down. Uh, it is a terrible illness. But there may be people who say, you know what, with mass, with temperature, I am going out. And then maybe somebody says, you know what, I'm going to open up a place when they let me open up a place. Maybe some people say, you know what, there's so much loan money, I actually want to start a company. That is something I never thought I'd say when this thing went started going crazy. I mean, maybe people actually start businesses. Don't laugh. I've never seen this much money given away. Not bad. Yeah, Jim, uh, for those who missed it, the Pfizer news, uh, this rheumatoid arthritis drug they have, Zeljans, they're going to start trials in Italy this week, and they hope to have some uh, results in July. Merkel's on the tape now saying the decision on how to ease restrictions in Germany is going to be based on a study to be published next week. And as things stand now, she adds, we do not need tougher restriction measures. But we know that Germany was very early. I mean, their chancellor is a quantum chemist, and they put unified testing into place uh, very early on. I will say also, Jim, Gates uh, with Becky this morning saying that there are 20 compounds for a vaccine that look promising. I hadn't seen a number that high before. No, that that again was terrific. And that that uh, I, I was I feared that that interview would be downbeat. And I came back thinking you know, the scientists are working even harder than I thought. I know that I think that we need a Manhattan Project. We've got a bunch of Manhattan Projects out there. We also know that uh, the more we read about this thing, the more we realize that what the hell happened in New York versus other parts of the country. And that maybe the strain in New York is worse. Uh, but if you look at the California lockdown, uh, they I think the idea that they could be open in May, it's, it, it, it's certainly a possibility, provided we all have masks, provided we have PPE. I think that we're going to need masks. I know the CDC initially was just dead wrong. They, they, they need to, you need to have points of contact be reduced in terms of how you uh, get this illness. But that maybe if you maybe we can have a situation like Wuhan. I mean, they're open. That's yeah. incredible to me that yeah. Wuhan's open. Well, you got uh, how many how many how many uh, uh, providers on Etsy now selling masks? Twenty thousand. 20,000 shops, uh, and they got uh, tweeted by the White House yesterday. Jim, uh, some technicians this, this yesterday like said that... This It's like, you know, someone... Uh, do you see some the Matzo one? Yesterday I said the Matzo one was funny. You know? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, above 2,700, they argued that, uh, that the Bulls had the taller chip stack. That was out of Baycrest. And they said that 2,850 would be one to watch. But then again, if we get there, when do you revert uh, to your to your cash management, your your cash raise? I don't know. I said no more selling. Um, and, and when that number, think about the things that happened this morning. You get that really horrible number. You listen to Rick Santel and you say, well, I guess I thought it was really horrible. And then, boom, it's like just a two by four hits you. But the Fed is saying the, the, that's past. Here's the future. Go open for business. The president needs to give us it's, it's so hard to give a date because it's really up to Dr. Fauci more than the president. But I feel like they can now convene the concept, the trend line of when we can open. And I think it's going this is the first time that made me feel like, you know what, you may not have to wait two months because two months is too long. Uh, and I know that the backlog, it's not, I, David, you had some interesting credit that they're asking more questions. That has not been, I can't get, yeah. I have not gotten my 
anything from, from my bank yet. Nothing. Uh, and we're really hoping because one of our places really needs it. But uh, I felt so confident that the money's going to be there that I feel like the pressure's going to be on the banks to get this thing done. Remember, the banks are digital and the SBA is analog. So it, it is a bit of a backlog at the SBA. But the community banks, I wish that I had done community bank instead. instead I'm not going to name the bank that, that's not delivering for me yet. But uh, community uh, banks obviously are well ahead. They really are. Should have used the community bank. All right, guys, let's get to Rick Santelli, uh, get some thoughts on all the news that we've absorbed in just the past hour. Morning, Rick. Good morning. Well, you know what? Let's do the news, but we can do it with the charts. They're actually quite helpful. If you look at intraday of 10, you can see 10s pop. They should pop. We're throwing kitchen sink on top of kitchen sink at this, but it still didn't take out the highs of the week at 78 as you see on the next chart, which makes me a bit disappointed. All right, here's the epicenter of everything everybody's talking about today. Look at a two-day of the HYG. And the reason I did a two-day, if I did a one-day, you wouldn't even see the breadth of how aggressive this is. 6% or darn close to 6% rally. Last I looked for, I jumped in front of the camera, opened the chart up to March. You could see how aggressive this is. Now, there's two ways to look at this. You know, if this is just because we shut down the economy and they're moving into uncharted territory with ETFs indirectly, okay, to, to protect investment grade now, non-investment grade, high yield corporate securities, fallen angels, maybe the oil patch. You know, it's not a bad thing, but it could be a bad thing because if it lasts or outlasts the backside of the coronavirus plus X amount of time to get things back to somewhat normal, it isn't good. This isn't good. Keep going down further and further down the corporate credit structure. It's making some very nervous. Let's face it. In the oil patch, we, we want the oil industry in this country, which has been so great, not to get basically shut down because of what's going on between the Saudi, the Russians, and shutting down the economy. So I get it. But we really are moving into a slippery slope. Even the dollar index, look at the two-day, you know, getting hit hard. I mean, there, there is a credit issue. There is this notion that sometime we have to decide how all this is going to get paid for. And I get it that now is not that time. But hopefully, Jay Powell today will give us some info that on that point in time down the road, they will handle mopping some of this up a whole lot better than Ben and Janet did after the credit crisis. David, back to you. Okay, Rick and Ben and, ja and Janet, speaking of Jerome, that is as in Powell, Fed chairman, uh, he is going to be taking questions, not just speaking, but taking questions. We, of course, will carry it all live in the next hour of Squawk on the Street. Stay with us. I think as, as soon as the president feels comfortable with the medical issues, we are making everything necessary that American companies and American workers can be open for business and that they have the liquidity that they need to operate their business in the interim. As the Treasury Secretary with us a few moments ago on whether the economy can open in May on this Fed liquidity, on the SBA program, on airline assistance, we're holding S&P 2800 roughly. Dow's up 430, oil up 27, and we're less than 10 minutes away from Fed Chair Powell. Don't go anywhere. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. You know, a lot of people have been talking about whether uh, Chipotle stock is up too high. We saw a slight uh, price target cut today, Wells Fargo. Well, I got to tell you, I think they're doing something. They're announcing today a direct lead program. If you uh, have an e-gift card, uh, you're going to donate, be able to donate money to Direct Relief. That's an organization providing personal protective equipment, essential medical items to healthcare workers. I think this is going to be big. I think Chipotle is going to be, when this smoke clears, the number one restaurant chain in the country. Unbelievable balance sheet, doing everything right. I know we're going to give. I already told Regina Gilgan who is a producer for, for Mad Money, I know where we're going for lunch, and I know exactly how much we're going to give. This is some chain. Chipotle up even on a price target downgrade. My say, I say it goes to $1,000. Wow. Yep. Uh, Jim, interesting. I wonder what you made of the – we had conflicting calls on Starbucks. B of A cut. City uh, resumed with a buy. And part of B of A's point was that – the damage that they see in consumer behavior and appetite 
will actually be felt less in fast casual and quick serve look, than I, some other chains. I thought they missed the point. I mean, you know, look, the Starbucks uh, announcement was really terrible. But uh, China's ascendant, Nike and Starbucks are the two ways to play China. They opened in Wuhan. Starbucks is uh, Luckin. Apparently, remember, it's no Luckin. And I think that Starbucks China is going to save the day here while they figure out social distancing. And they'll figure all that out. Kevin Johnson knows how to do it. He's going to use my method, I bet, of contactless. You just come in. You don't even have to get near it. I'm working on that with Apple. I got a lot of things cooking, David. But I do think that Starbucks is a buy because of China, not because of the decline in America. And uh, Jim, talking about a lot of things cooking, what what are you feeling about the broader market here? As we watch the S&P up over 2%, we've had a Enormous rally from the recent lows. We're down now 13% for the year. I think last 12 months, now we're only down around 2% or so. Um, There are still those who believe we will retest the lows, that even as we start to open up the economy and even with all these extraordinary measures that the Fed is taking, nonetheless, uh, those who invest are going to be stunned by just the level of or the lack of earnings from so many corporations, and well, we may retest. I mean, Do you think that's a possibility, or I, are we sort of too far from that now? I, I think that the, the news that we're getting today uh, makes it so that you don't have to worry about the banks. If you don't have to worry about the banks, then you don't have to worry that much about credit. If you don't have to worry that much about credit, then I think it's very hard to see those lows that we saw the other day with a, a Nordstrom down big, a uh, Kohl's. Uh, it, uh, even an Oxy, David, that I know, I know, that's something. And, David, I'm watching Aramark surge. I mean, what is that? I mean, what is this? Someone actually doing a takeover here? I, I think that there are things that are happening that make me feel like, you know what, uh, we're going to get through it. America opens for business and even GE's up. If Costco finishes up today and they have made it so business is terrible because it, you have to be in a big line, only so many people in the store, that big, terrible, disappointing second half of, of the month. If Costco's up today, David, then I think that people are going to say, you know what, maybe I can't sell into earnings season like I wanted to. I know that was my Jim, plan. finally, uh, just 30, 30 seconds from the top of the hour, but gold, uh, oil's up 7%. Norway's going to join this OPEC Zoom call. Thoughts on crude? Look, I think that when the Saudis are shrewd enough to go in and buy billion-dollar stakes in the oil companies, I, 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 it's almost, it's like inside information. I mean, obviously they're going to cut back or they wouldn't have just bought a billion dollars with a shell. They're pretty smart guys. It's a nice rigged market. We have SEC and We're stuff gonna like that. We're going to look for some details out of that meeting. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.